Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum. I'm your host for today, and this is episode 19 of the Student Ministry Podcast, and I am so grateful for you to jump it in and into another conversation with us. Today, we're going to be talking to Ronald Long, who is the student minister uh, to middle school students at Wayside Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And Ronald's been working with middle school students for a long time there. He's been, you know, really honing uh, what God is doing there in, in San Antonio. And I I know that you're going to learn a lot from him, especially if you work with middle school students, either primarily or as a part of your ministry to middle school and high school students today, you're going to be blessed by this conversation and and some tips that he shares on how he does it there in San Antonio. But uh, before we jump into that conversation, we want to thank our sponsor for today's podcast. Our sponsor is WorkCamp NE. Their website is W-O-R-K-C-A-M-P. NE.com. And if you are looking for a mission trip opportunity, a service-based mission trip, where it's all about pouring into the residents who really need some home repair with your students and really connecting with other youth groups that are that are also doing the same thing, definitely check out WorkCamp NE and their website at WORKCAMPNE.com. They've been a longtime sponsor of this podcast, and we're so grateful for what they do there in New England, but they've also started expanding out. So even though they are work camp Northeast, they're actually have expanded this year. They went to Illinois for the first time, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be going back to Illinois in 2018 too. So two different opportunities, maybe in New England or also in Illinois. So make sure you check out their website. It's, it's been an awesome opportunity for my past students to just really pour in to the, the ministry there with WorkCamp. And uh, I'm looking forward to continuing to work with them over, over the years. And also, I, I'm so grateful for their sponsorship of the podcast. And now let's get into that conversation with Ronald Long. Like I said, Ronald is a longtime middle school minister. He's been working with these students uh, for a long time, loves what he does. And if if you work with middle school students, you're going to be blessed by this conversation today. I know it. And in fact, if you know someone else that also works with middle school students, make sure you go ahead and share this with them. You can do that on iTunes and Stitcher and and all those different ways that you can listen to podcasts and just share it through social media and, and all that different stuff. But if you hear something you like today, make sure you do share it, but also your positive reviews also really help us out. So make sure you leave a positive review. That'd be awesome. It helps the student ministry podcast raise up on on all the charts and everything. And so more people can, can find it and also hear these amazing stories about student ministry all around the world. So uh, thanks again. And let's jump into this conversation with Ronald Long. Thanks so much for joining us today, Ronald. Steve, it's awesome. Glad to be here, man. Yeah, uh, I, I've known you for a little bit, not not too too terribly long. Um, and we met at the uh, DYM one hundred last year. And best conference on the planet. It is the best conference. So I don't I don't th- I think they're all filled up for this year. But uh, uh, if you haven't, um, if they ended up doing it another time, make sure you you sign up for that for sure. Uh, Run on. Just take some time. Uh, we as we start here to kind of tell the the podcast audience a little bit about who you are and what's what's God been doing in your life to kind of bring you to the point where you are today. I am one of those rare uh, pastors who is a pastor's kid. I actually don't know if that's like the most rare thing on the planet, but I feel like it is. So my, um, my dad was a pastor, church planter, worked with the uh, Alabama State Convention. I've got, uh, live, grew up in Alabama, have two brothers, a twin who looks nothing like me, an older brother who looks a lot more like me, <laughs> and got into youth ministry, felt 
like youth ministry was my thing, like most guys in high school around my junior year of high school. And it's because I was super involved in youth ministry, mm-hmm. super involved with my ch- church, with my school, what we were doing there. And so because I really had no other direction in my life, like, hey, this is this is really what I want to do with the rest of my life. I was like, well, youth ministry sounds pretty cool. <laughs> and um, I'm sure <laughs> I know God used that very immature. Yeah, this is this is the direction I should go because I don't know of anything else. To, to steer me really where he did want me to to head in. Uh, went to graduated high school, found um, graduated high school and found a really small Southern Baptist university called Union University. Okay. Love, love the school, met my wife there. Um, we've been, let's see, this August will be 10 years we've been married. And when I was at that school, I was a part of several guys who were kind of in the same boat as me saying, yeah, student ministry is the thing, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. God's called me into student ministry. We were really involved in our student ministry, uh, back, you know, in our hometowns and now, now let's do student ministry together. And we all kind of started volunteering for student ministry things like, uh, uh the typical college kid leading a D now as a small group leader, um, going and helping chaperone, um, different trips that people were doing or going to be a part of the student ministries that were around Jackson, Tennessee, where we were living at. And the more we volunteered for student ministry things, the more those other guys started kind of falling away. And they hmm. were like, yeah, no, it's, re- it's not student ministry. Like <laughs> now that I, now that I'm like in a leadership part <laughs> or like having to like not just do the fun stuff, like, no, but it's actually not student ministry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they, they are, they, all those guys who I was serving with are, are doing ministry in some capacity, uh, one form or another now, but the more I did student ministry, the more I found myself burdened, uh, for students mm. and enjoyed really their growing, uh, the transition process, the learning new things, having their eyes open to the biblical truth part. And so the more I volunteered, the more I got burdened and wanted to do it more. Hmm. And so by the time by the time we actually graduated, I was the only one of those guys who graduated in strict youth ministry. Like everybody <laughs> else was uh, doing, you know, saying, you know, eventually I'm going to be a senior pastor. I'll do student ministry for a little while, you know, if it gets my foot in the door to a church. Yep. But uh, that's not the yep. end goal. For me, student ministry has always been the end goal. Cool. And so college was, was a really neat time of having for me having fleshing out my my calling that i and getting validated i guess uh by god and saying no these these feelings aren't going away like student ministry is is where i'm supposed to serve and be yeah. at cool and college you know was a really cool place for me as well because I had my crisis of faith like junior year like oh no what if this is all made up mm-hmm. and i'm going to give my life to this thing and i don't you know and it's not all true and kind of coming to reconciliation and going, no, I believe the gospel. I believe the words of Christ. Jesus was a real person. And if he was a real person, you know, the rest of the Bible makes sense. And so really being convicted in that. And then leading into my, my first, my first uh, student ministry position at the, 
uh, stupid age of 21 where <laughs> I felt like I knew all the answers and was just going to like rock the very first church I ever got a part of. Yep. I knew how to do youth ministry the best way and they were just going to get behind me and we were going to rock the world. And I learned a lot through, um, through that time, especially a lot about humility mm. and when my ideas aren't the best ideas, especially when my ideas don't fit the culture. Mm. And those, those youth past the, my pastor, the youth volunteers, those people were extremely uh, gracious with me and kind of uh, gave me the ability to fail forward a lot. Cool. And uh, there was, a, there was a lot of shaping, a lot of, uh, changing and me understanding what youth ministry is, what it looks like practically, uh, and which was extremely helpful for me as I went to seminary, uh, to be in student ministry. Cause I would be looking at these other places and going, okay. Um, you know, we'd be talking about these scenarios in class and other guys who were well-meaning, but, but had the same mentality I had you know, a couple years back, we're like, oh, I would just walk into that church and do this and <laughs> totally fix up the place. And me and the other full-time guys were like, yeah, you're going to last two weeks yeah. if you yeah. if you kind of have that mentality. And so uh, God God really used my own pride to to shape me and to cause me to, to reevaluate some things. And um, the first church uh, that I worked at, I stayed there for six years. And I, I love those people. I love that church. Um, but I'm really surprised they like made it through me and like <laughs> survived for the first couple of years because it was rough. Um, but but uh, no, learned learned a lot during that church and learned a lot with those people, and so I'm very thankful for them. But in that time, you know, uh, like I said, I met my wife. We got married uh, ten years ago this August. We've we had two kids, um, two girls, and we're just kind of learning what it meant to be in a ministry and also have a family and kind of learn what that balance looked like and what it would mean for us. And, and somewhere along the way, um, God allowed me to, to speak, uh, through Fuge Camps, which is a organization that's near and dear to my heart. I, that was one of my, um, I guess, figuring out my calling was serving a couple summers with Fuge as a Bible study leader. And, uh, had a blast there and again was just affirming yes student ministry is where you're supposed to serve you love these students you want to pour into these students mm. uh, I got I got a chance to actually be a camp pastor for a couple summers oh, cool. um, and kind of like drop in drop into a location do a week of camp and then come back to ministry mm. uh, which was a really neat experience uh, doing that but the very first time that I, I did I actually uh, found myself at, at Houston Baptist University and was there and this church said, Hey, we are looking for a middle school pastor. Ronald, we've been hanging out with you all week. Uh, <laughs> would you possibly consider being our middle school pastor? Wow. And I can, I can definitely see how God was pulling my heart towards middle school ministry mm-hmm. um, during that time, because where I was serving, you know, we, we were at that point where we were just big enough where it made sense to split up the middle schoolers and the high schoolers. And I, and I wanted to do that because I saw the big difference between at that point, a, a seventh grader and a 12th grader yep. Yep. and seeing the, the huge, um, differences of, you know, and the, I guess the advantages of splitting them up and teaching more towards the seventh and eighth grade in one setting. And then the, 
the freshmen through the seniors in another setting and was trying to do that, but got tons of pushback from parents. Oh. Like, oh, oh, okay. Um, but again, that was their culture that youth ministry is all together, you know, every, everybody together. That was, that was a culture. That's fine. Uh, but I had been thinking through lots of middle school ministry. And so that's where I now ended up. So I'm in, uh, in San Antonio, Texas, right now serving, uh, let's see, this September will be the start of my fourth year at at Wayside Chapel as their middle school pastor. So I'm, I'm, I'm beginning my decade, right? I'm, yeah. I'm beginning my, uh, the, I guess, the, the beginning of my second decade of student ministry. Would love cool. to serve for three. Uh, should the Lord let me be, you know, the 30-year veteran, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so right now in my in my in my current church, I am the middle school pastor, and I get a lot of Brit man, you are really brave faces. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> when I tell people I'm a middle school pastor. No, so in my in my current context, I work with uh, sixth through eighth grade. Okay. And so it's uh it's wild to be working with um. 11 to 14 year olds. That's, that's my, uh, that's my age range Yeah, yeah. because there's a lot of time when I'm just, I guess what I talk about is there's, there's a moment when I'm teaching kids how to grow up a little bit. Uh-huh. And there's another time when I'm like holding back the teenager going like, you're not quite ready for, right. for this thing. And so, so middle school ministry uh, from what I've been able to, to see is I get these kids for three years and I, uh, I get to help them transition. Right. Mm, yeah. Because I get a, and I, we're, we're promoting in four weeks. So it's super, um, it's really on my mind right now. Yeah. We are going to take the incoming sixth grader who is totally a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. And by the time I'm done with them and they finish their eighth grade year and head into freshmen, they, they're full, they're full blown teenager at this point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're thinking about their uh, their learner's permit, driving, and college is beginning to come into mind and all this kind of stuff. But I get them for the in-between, yeah. right, for the transition time. And that is exciting to me. Uh, it's really cool. I love working with middle schoolers. They are authentically awkward. Like, they don't <laughs> know they're being awkward sometimes. And, yeah. like, like, you, 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 for some for a lot of times you just get like these hilarious responses to questions or even just like they blurted out without meaning to I'm like dude when your frontal lobe reconnects later on in life <laughs> you're going to look back and be like why did people put up with me <laughs> but no it's it's a fantastic fantastic time just to watch them grow and for some of these guys you know for the for the guys I'm just like teaching them how to actually shake a hand and being like, Hey man, don't, don't give me the limp fish. This is, this is how you shake a dude's hand. Like, look at my eyes. Right. Like, so, okay, here, check it out. Shake my hand. Look at my eyes. Okay. There you go. That's a handshake. Now, what was your question? Like, you know, what, what was that thing you needed right. or for that, you know, for the girls just trying to get them connected with a small group leader and just be like, look, can you go tell this girl over here? She's wearing a skirt. She needs to be cognizant of the fact that she's wearing a skirt because <laughs> she has forgotten. Um, and it's, you know, it's just that, that growing up and that transition because it is all, uh, all in transition right here. And I, I just absolutely love it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. and, and how it, how it works out. It's super cool. And yeah, I, I, I do feel brave sometimes, but, uh, 
it's it's just a really <laughs> it's a really neat ministry working with middle schoolers and middle schoolers only. It's really cool. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, a lot of people have always asked me because my my very first well, I want to say my first ministry, my I guess my second ministry, um, I was I was over middle school only and and loved mm-hmm. it and got the same kind of comments. But since then, I've been over middle school and high school for the last you know ten plus years, and um, and a lot of people ask me like, what do you like better? And it's really hard for me to say because I like each age group for different reasons. And I love middle school for those reasons that you're talking about. It's it's such an important age. So many transitions are happening then and they're they're coming to their own and and the stats all say, you know, if if like the majority of Christians will accept Jesus during their middle school time. And if they don't, the, the chances of them accepting Jesus goes down considerably as they get older. So if we can really reach middle schoolers during that time, I mean, we're setting them up for just an awesome life with Christ. Oh yeah, totally, totally. But it it, it is funny to watch them again, like in our turn, in our, in our uh, promotion season, like to watch the freshmen chill out. <laughs> Because it happens like instantaneously. Yeah. One week they move up and they're kind of like, "Woo, we're kind of still kind of crazy." And then like the next week, they're like, "Hey, man, what's up?" Yeah, I'm, I'm cool now. I'm, <laughs> I'm in high school. That's awesome. So, uh, so talk about a little bit what your what your ministry looks like on a regular basis um, there at Wayside Chapel, and how do you um, specifically reach the teenagers there, the the middle schoolers, and uh, you know what what are things look like on uh, on a regular basis in your ministry? Sure. So. We've got um, two main times that we meet, uh, like a lot of churches. We do Sunday morning and we do Wednesday night. Wednesday night looks different depending on the season that we're in, uh, the, the time of year. Sunday morning goes year-round. So in my, my previous church, we were the Sunday school model where that was your, you know, your main small group discipleship. Happens on Sunday mornings. And then Wednesday night was really your outreach, um, outreach large group. And when I moved to Wayside Chapel, they had flip-flop that, uh, which was a really uh, big change for me. I know mm. tons of churches do this, but um, but it was a big change for me coming from a Southern Baptist background mm. uh, into you know uh, this this new church, new setting. So Sunday morning is our large group. Okay, uh, it's, it's me in the room with a ton of middle schoolers who, if they ever decided to turn on us, uh, <laughs> the ratio would be in their favor. Um, that just and they they would totally own us, but they don't realize they could take over, uh, which is good because they would. And no, and so our, our Sunday morning is is tons of middle schoolers serving, which is an, another thing that I can't say uh, enough about with our church is that they really want middle schoolers to serve. Mm. And so I'll get on that in a little bit. Um, but middle schoolers are the ones who run our sound, run our lights, who set up in the morning. They are the entirety of the band. I don't have, you know, college leader mm. up there with a the guitar, keeping everybody on key and on rhythm. Like it's all middle schoolers. Wow. It's really cool uh, to see them take over because they're just using their gifts. They're using yeah. their talent has given them and they're rocking. And so sometimes it really does sound like we have a middle school band <laughs> uh, because you go, Oh, these are all middle schoolers. Like it sounds like that right now. Yeah. But there are other times when you're just looking up there and going like, man, these, these, these kids are rocking it. That's awesome. high school pastor makes fun of me all the time because, uh, as middle school ministry, they do things better in packs of people. So like sometimes we have like a middle school choir because we don't have like one singer up there. That'd be terrifying. So we have like, <laughs> right. 
sometimes <laughs> he'll, he'll come in you know eight eight's the exaggeration most of the time we have like four singers up there okay. and it's just because you know they feel better that way they right. actually sing louder when they're more of them yep uh, so it's just it's great and so sunday morning is our large group time and that involves you know games that we play and and me and like the teaching time where it is is me teaching and i'm a very interactive teacher uh we've got a a big enough group like i said to need uh to be split off in middle schoolers but not so large that we can't like throw out questions and really get answers so i i like i really like to teach with questions and get responses and talk to them and and be you know going back and forth with them and keeping the time that i'm actually lecturing them Mm -hmm. uh very small uh, so that they don't have to just sit there and stare at me cool uh because nobody wants to do that let's be honest (laughs) and so uh the, the teaching time that we have i split it up into three main areas that I really want a middle schooler to, to get right. Uh, which is, Hey, I want a middle schooler to know the gospel and be able to share the gospel. So a lot of our series will just be about, Hey, this reinforces the gospel. Hey, this is how you share the gospel with somebody. Another area is about the attributes of God. I want them to know who they're worshiping and I want them to get, you know, this is who God is. This is what God has done for you. This is, uh, what God is like, and that's fleshed out through the New Testament, the Old Testament stories, and things like that. And I want them to really nail down relationships. Mm-hmm. And uh, I use relationships to kind of paint a broad stroke, like relationships between friends, relationships between between um, authority figures like mom and dad, mm-hmm. teachers. And then we actually spend a very small amount of time talking about relationships as in dating, because... Uh, I love this, and I often take pictures of it just to prove the point. My middle schoolers sit, boys on the left, yeah. girls on the right. Yeah. I don't make them do this. Yeah. Like, they just do this to themselves. Like, we have one aisle, and boys are on one side and girls on the other. It's hilarious. <laughs> that goes away the moment they transition to high school. Like, yeah. it's, it's like a change. Uh, but in the middle school ministry, boys on the left, girls on the right, and it cracks me up. <laughs> Uh, so we, we spend some time doing that. Oh, and there's actually, there's actually one more. It's four that we focus on. It's spiritual disciplines. Okay. And so we say, Hey, I want you to know how to pray. I want you to know how to study the Bible. I want you to, to, to know how to serve, to know how to give. Um, and I want you to know how to basically take control of your own faith cool. and say, this is my faith. And I want to give them the tools that they need to continue on their spiritual journey. And if I can get those four things right, um, and set up by the time they get into high school and kind of get that drain like drilled into their head, uh, I feel like I, I really would have done my job uh, cool. as middle school pastor and preparing them for that next step. Cool. So did you, um, is that something that, that you were inspired by from someone else or is that something that God kind of just laid on your heart to, to set it up that way? I've always been a, um, I've always been a method person. So like I want the, to the method and I've done a lot of different things with, um, uh, with Lifeway or with Andy Stanley, you know, his seven points and these things. And they've always, they've always kind of said, Hey, this is our, this is the direction we're going in. At my current church, it's, it's me who's coming up with the curriculum. Mm-hmm. So I just knew, I knew that I wanted to have a, um, a system to where I said, this is what I'm going for. Yeah. Um, and so that was the system where I said, Hey, as a middle schooler, what, what would I, what would I want them to know mm-hmm. by the time they get into high school? And th- I think those four things are just huge. Cool. The gospel, knowing who God is, having spiritual disciplines uh, in their life, and then also the, uh, being able to navigate the areas of all relationships, you know, because if they get those four things set, then I feel like they can continue to grow in their Christian walk and continue to face high school in a pretty 
you know, pretty prepared way. Yeah. You know, yeah. That really in. makes sense. And then our, um, our Wednesday night is, is really cool. I, I can take no credit for this whatsoever because <laughs> it was the, uh, it was a system that was in place when I got there during the school year, we have small groups yeah. and that's when we were all split up, uh, sixth grade all the way up to 12th grade guys, you know, guys on one side, girls on the other kind of deal in small groups with two leaders a piece. It's a fantastic model, um, to where no one leader feels like they have to be there every week or, you know, if life comes up that, Hey, I've got my co-leader over here. I'm good. Yep. But we only meet for 10 weeks in the fall and 14 weeks in the spring. We give them a little bit of time to get into school and to get them going. We give them a break for Christmas. Uh, we get started again, couple weeks after Christmas is over and we go for 14 weeks in the spring and we actually quit right before, uh, finals take over and everybody would not be showing up anyways. (laughs) So we're very intentional with our small groups to say, Hey, these are the weeks. Uh, this is when we meet, this is what we do. And we make it a big deal and say, Hey, you want discipleship? You want somebody pouring into your life? Uh, this is what it looks like. And this is when we have it, uh, during these weeks in the fall and in the spring during the summer, we don't, cancel that we like i said we do take those breaks in the summer we just we do more of our outreach fun stuff and okay. so this last week we uh had a movie night out of one of our um, multi-site locations they have a big gym and so we just played lego batman on the movies and said hey invite your friends we had slushies and popcorn mm-hmm. uh and then you know this next week we're going to a trampoline park so summer is our outreach time because what we want to encourage students to do is hey say hey on wednesday nights invite your friends especially those who aren't connected to a church to come and do something fun with us and then when our small groups start back up again we say hey guys invite those same those same kids and those same friends back to church so that they can hang out with the same students they've already been hanging out with Mm. and then get into small group bible study with them and so we really try to make that very intentional. Say, hey, invite your friends, invite your friends, invite your friends on Wednesday nights during the same time that we normally meet during the school year. And then say, hey, when school year starts back up, find those same friends, invite them to come hang out during small group Bible study. Cool. It has been a really neat model to watch. Yeah. Really- I bet. It sounds like it's a cool thing, too, because you're you're keeping that consistency up, which I think is really important for that middle school age that they're learning how to get in routines, that it's the, the, the actual program is changing up, but it's always the same day, same time so that they can get used to that. And, you know, even when they're inviting their friends, they're like, oh, it's the same day, same time that you, you know, you normally came. Yeah, we're used to it. Cool. And then the last thing that's super that's again, I take no credit for it's all my church is they allow. Uh, once you turn sixth grade, you can serve in any capacity at our church. Cool. Um, so sixth graders can take up the offering. Sixth graders can work in the nursery with the kids. Uh, sixth graders can be a part of discipleship ministry for the children that we've got on Sunday morning. Sixth graders can serve in our little coffee shop. Uh, sixth graders can work the sound booth in main service. Hmm. Um, and so really our, our church culture is not a, Hey, what does our pastor say? Sit, soak and sour. <laughs> uh, it's not that it's say, Hey, walk into a church building and you say, what can I do? Where can I help? Mm. And, and we really push that hard uh, to say, Hey, now that you're in sixth grade, it's time to, it's time to step up and it's time to serve someplace in the church. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. It's really cool to watch again, because get these people who go, you're letting a sixth <laughs> grader do what again? Yeah. And, 
it's like, no, man, they're a crew guide for VBS. They got this. Yeah. And so it's really, it's really neat to, to watch them step up uh, and do that stuff because we're saying, Hey, you can handle this. Right. And then they go, okay, I can handle this. And they, and they, they get up there and they do it. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm assuming you're probably seeing a lot of those, those students really stay with their, the, the church and stay with their faith a lot longer. Cause that's what I've witnessed. The more we get those teenagers involved, um, there's, there's buy-in a lot earlier on. They start to love the church, not only love God, but to love his church because they're able to use their gifts and serving at a young age. I got, there's one, um, in particular, uh, guy now he's like in his twenties, but when I was at my last church, he, was running sound, I think, as a seventh grader for main yeah. service, and and he awesome. is still plugged in and just doing everything he can for the church and like donating as much time as he can now in his twenties and loves the church because the church gave him an opportunity to serve and use his gifts even as a seventh grader. Oh yeah, and it's just telling that it's showing them, hey, when you walk into a church as a college student that you're unfamiliar with, rather than say, hey, what can this church do for me, fill my needs. We're teaching them that you walk into that church and you go, hey, what do you guys need help with? Yeah. How can I serve? How can I be a part of this body? Because I know so many, you know, going to a small Baptist college, there were so many of us who were trained. <laughs> what do you do? You go to church. Yep. You sit in the pew. And that's what you do. Like, that's what church is like. Mm-hmm. And so we're training them to say, no, when you go to a church, you, you walk right up to the Welcome Center and go, hey, where can I start volunteering? Where can I serve? Because that's what you do in church. Yeah. And so it's just, it's really cool to, to watch that so that, yeah, hopefully starting at sixth grade, we are putting that into their culture so that they know, Hey, when they graduate and they go find a church as a college student, they, they're ready. They know what to do and they know how to be a part of church big C. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So you, you shared some great insight already, but, uh, now let's let's talk about a little about their tips maybe that you've you've learned along the way that maybe you you'd be able to take you know yourself if there was you know a magical way of going back in time ten years mm-hmm. or something and say okay Ronald of ten years ago you're starting out in ministry fifteen years ago or so and you're like these are some things you've learned today that you wish you would have known then um, that you'd like to share with other youth leaders out there um, maybe yeah two or three tips that that really come to your mind that that would be very helpful for others to hear sure. For for me, I think the first thing that I think about is parents. Um, when I was going through seminary, everybody was talking, hey, parent ministry, it's got to be parent ministry. And, you know, they're kind of fighting against like, no, it's got to be youth ministry. And I remember being thinking through these things like, does it do, do we have to be like at odds with each other? Yeah. Like, this is like a false dichotomy. Like, we don't need this, like for the fight against each other. Because the youth ministry side would argue, hey, there are going to be kids who don't have any parental influence at home. They're, you know, parents aren't believers. They don't care. Uh, and so youth ministry is all that kid's going to get. Well, that's valid. There is that kid there. Yep. And then there's the other side that goes, yeah, but parents are the primary disciples of their students. And you know what we're doing is we're stealing time from them. And we're, we're basically telling them all they have to do is drop their kid off. And by the time they graduate high school, we'll make them model Christians. That's our job. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're the professionals here. <laughs> and my convictions, especially since stepping into middle school, where parents are still really involved in their kids' lives, is to say we, we've got to we've got to do this thing together. Mm. And so what we do is we really try to and and as much as we possibly can partner with parents. And I guess that 
that really kind of fleshes itself out in a couple different ways. We have three parent meetings a year. Uh, one of them is our fall parent meeting. It's our biggest one where we say, hey, new parents, you know, your sixth grader just promoted up. Here's what we're doing. Here's what uh, middle school ministry looks like. I tell them about, you know, like I said, my, my four teaching aims, what I try to do on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. But also say, hey, I want you guys to sign up for the email list because mm-hmm. that's a primary way to communicate with you. But also, every Monday, I email you guys and say, hey, this is what I taught on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is the scripture. But here are some follow-up questions for you to ask your kid. And I really I, I sell it to them like this. Like, hey, you're driving down the road. You're taking them from school to soccer practice, or you're like, you know, shoving Subway into your mouth just to like get some type of lunch in. Man, that's the time where you can say, you've got your kid, you've got a captive audience. Say, hey, Ronald said on this last Sunday, you talked about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. What, you know, and just run to boom, 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 those five questions. You as parent, that, that's your opportunity to piggyback off what I've done as far as study, as far as, you know, putting it into their kid's mind and getting them really thinking about this stuff, that's your chance as a parent to piggyback off my work and then say, hey, I'm going to continue this conversation. I'm going to continue to disciple my kid. And that way, you know, we're not trying to teach 18 different things all at once. We can say, hey, here's our one thing we can teach. Yeah. yeah. And so every every week I email parents to say, this is what we talked about. This is what it was. Here are the follow-ups. This is what we did. Uh, and hopefully the, the goal with that is to say, Talk to your kid about faith. Uh, this is huge. This is important. And just ask these questions. I've already started the conversation. You get a chance to continue it. Mm. Uh, but not just that, also using parents uh, in ministry and in all parts of ministry as leaders, as small group leaders, as chaperones. You know, there's the the one type of, at one time I was going, hey, I don't want, you know, I don't want parents around too much. They're, they scare me. They're kind of weird. Um, and overprotective, all that stuff. And so I, I don't want parents really uh, around. What I want is lots of college students and guys who are young and you know yeah. people who are excited and all this stuff. Uh, I'm now seeing the value of using parents in ministry because they are invested. Yeah. Like, these are their kids, yeah. and they are going to care about the student ministry. They're going to be passionate about it because it impacts their kids. Mm-hmm. I was just talking with my wife about this the other day. Uh, during my first decade in ministry, it was the I am literally the age of some of these parents' children. <laughs> uh, and, and that's weird because they're going, that's ah, just a kid, just a guy who uh, just a guy who doesn't know what he's talking about. And yep. to some extent, they were right. It didn't. <laughs> now, now we're moving into second decade where was kind of looking at it, looking around us and our peers and going, man, we're, we're moving into that time frame where we're going to be ministering to kids who are, whose parents are our age. Yeah. Right. And so, so this year started that trend of people who are in my wife's Sunday morning Bible study are the ones who are sending their kids in the middle school. <laughs> And so we're like, oh man, they're like, we're like in the same age yeah. bracket. That they These are my peers now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So now they're my peers, that last one's going to be weird when I'm older than the parents in right. their kids industry. That's going to be fantastic. <laughs> forward to that. Uh, but right now, this is this is the the decade we're moving into. And so using parents, I think, is huge. Now, I I do make I do you know make the 
the caveat that, hey, parent, I'd love to have you serve in student ministry, but let's let's not have you be your kid's small group leader. Mm. You know, let's have you, if your kid's the dude, you know, dad, let's have you serve, you know, at a grade under or grade above or, you know, mom, if this, if, if, if you want to serve and your son's in the ministry, let's make sure there's some separation here. Yeah. Just so, just so they can, their kid can have some space to be themselves, but I don't shy away from, from involving parents like I used to. That That's definitely tip number one. Awesome. Uh, tip number two would be, uh, find those older people who love students and kids and use them mm-hmm. in your ministry. So not just parents, I'm talking grandparents. Mm-hmm. So I had a guy go with me on a mission trip, uh, this last week and, uh, he again i am the age of his oldest kid but he's got you know he's got his youngest is in the youth ministry he's a sixth grader now his kids are really spread out but dude it just has a heart for students mm. and all the young people in his peer group they are grandparents they are papas right <laughs> but these are guys who love kids who have seen things in their life can speak into these kids lives and some of them, they're retired. They've got mm-hmm. a ridiculous amount of free time. Yeah, yeah. And they are really thinking through, man, what's my legacy going to be? Um, what are people going to remember me for? Mm-hmm. And I got to see this my very first year of student ministry. And I should have continued this, but I didn't. Miss Gale uh, was the seventh grade girls Bible study leader at, uh, at my first church, Miss Gale. And she was in her 16th year of being the seventh grade girls Bible study leader. Wow. Wow. And oh yeah, grandma at this point. But she loved kids and those sixth grade those seventh grade girls loved her. And I should have seen the value at that moment of going, hey retiree, you've got a ton of time. Um, you're looking for your legacy. What's that gonna be? What are you gonna leave behind? Man, minister to students. Uh fall in here. You don't have to be young to do student ministry. Uh you just have to love students. Yeah, yeah. And so really, really pouring into and finding those retirees who have time, who have the time and showing them that, they, you know, <laughs> take away the scary parts of, yeah, for, yeah. for them, kind of peel it back and say, hey, it's going to be OK. We're going to make it. Yeah. But really like plug into them. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's, there's uh, there's uh, actually two ladies two that, ladies that um, um, as I was transitioning on my last ministry, uh, they came up to me and, and said they're both interested in joining in, in middle school ministry and, and helping out with this this coming school year. And uh, they're both like retired age. And and I was I was secretly like jealous for the exist you know the the ongoing ministry there because I was stepping out and I was like man I've been working on these like trying to get some some elderly people in for a long time. They're finally stepping in as I'm leaving. What's going on in this? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not fair. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that's great. No, definitely, definitely that. And probably, probably the last thing is again the thing that I can't take credit for, but the seasons and the and the breaks that our current ministry takes. Hmm. Uh, there's a there's a solid five weeks in between Wednesday night small groups getting over and summer activities starting, and that season is so helpful to idea plan Mm. to take a break and relax to get to see my family on a Wednesday night for once. Um, and that, that's already planned in there for me. Mm. Uh, we, we don't do that enough, uh, and just take season breaks. 
And so doing doing that here at this church has been fantastic. We we only meet 50 weeks out of the year on Sunday morning, right? So we, we take yep. two, two weeks break. So the high school pastor and I are kind of figuring out, hey, are there other seasons where we might not potentially meet, but, you know, Sunday morning is a little bit uh, more of a guarded time. And so we're trying to figure that one out. But mm-hmm. Wednesday nights, I'm just so glad and thankful for the breaks that we take. We're coming up on our last Sunday, our last uh, Wednesday night activity. It's this Wednesday. We won't meet again after this next Wednesday until September 17th. Cool. So we take effectively like the entire month of August and first two weeks of September off. And, and we do that on purpose. We want, we want people to get pumped for Wednesday night because they haven't been to Wednesday night yeah. in a while. You know, because, oh, man, I'm so excited. It's starting back up again. Uh, that's, that's a valuable feeling rather yeah. than, oh, okay, last week we did this. Right. Next week, they're small groups. It's the exact same thing. And so the, the value and getting them excited because something hasn't been offered for a mm-hmm. while that uh, that's been huge. And again, I take no credit for that. That was not my idea. But mm-hmm. having been in this ministry where that's a part of the the culture, I can definitely see the value in that and what and what they do with that. So having that break, that moment where everybody can kind of just uh, get away from each other for a second and get away from the normal, and then kind of build up and go, hey, small groups are coming. We call it reverb. Reverb's coming, guys. Like, get excited. Cool. They do. They do get excited yeah. for it are ready for it. And so it's a, uh, it's really cool. And I'm, I'm definitely, definitely glad that we do it that way. Cool. I, I forgot to ask this earlier, but, um, what, what's the content of your, of your small groups? Is that everybody on the same page or they kind of go in different directions or how does that go? Uh, so no, our, our small groups is, is a curriculum that I've written and it, it does deal with those four, those four areas that I was talking about relationships, gospel, uh, attributes of God and spiritual disciplines. It deals with those four areas, but sixth grade does a curriculum, seventh grade does a curriculum, eighth grade does a curriculum. And they, okay. kind of, they kind of all cover those four things still at the same time, but, uh, but we take it, in, take it in stride. Our, probably the coolest thing that we do that I, that I am really a big fan of is in eighth grade, they look at the gospel through the lens of Hosea. Oh, okay. um, and A, we saved that for eighth grade because, you know, talking about prostitutes and things like that. <laughs> but also, a lot of our kids have accepted Christ by the eighth grade. And so, yeah. gospel in some sense is old hat to them. I want them to see it in new ways yeah. and fresh. And that's a, that's a way they get to see it in a new and fresh way. Cool. Looking through the Hosea. So, yeah, small groups small groups are different than, than Sunday mornings. We, I've toyed with the idea of, hey, do our, do our small groups look a lot like what Sunday mornings look like? Is it the same kind of teaching stuff, or yep. is it the same, same text? We just haven't really found a way to make that work again with the breaks that we do and everything like that. Right. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, Ronald, I know I'm going to probably be talking to you again sometime soon because, uh, like I said, I think listeners of the podcast know that I'm just now stepping into a new ministry and a new season, and uh, we're we're kind of trying to figure out what it looks like and trying to shift some programming around at this at this new church. And uh, one of the things we're thinking about doing is doing Sunday morning and a midweek thing, and and what's yeah. that going to look like? So I'll be talking to you more, but I'm sure other people are going to want to talk to you a little more too and and connect with you. Where's the best place? for people to do that online sure i uh, probably the best place is going to be is twitter finding me on there uh, i used to have a blog i'm not cool anymore <laughs> um 
uh, I let my blog, I let my blog die for a little bit. I might bring it back up at some point, but at Ronald underscore long, uh, is my Twitter. Find me on there. Uh, there aren't very many Ronald longs on Facebook, but feel free to find me on Facebook as well. Uh, I know you've got your cool little handle on Facebook. Let me try to look that up here just super quick because I am that old school. I am the guy who is on Facebook. Uh, Twitter is cool. I use that. But on all reality, I'm a Facebook guy. Yeah. I'm just that old. Well, I've noticed, Let's see. I've noticed that like it's it's really the best platform to connect with parents. Um, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's ronald.long.10. That's me. Okay. Uh, so facebook.com, ronald.long.10. Apparently, there are 10 other Ronald Longs, at least, <laughs> on Facebook out there. All right. You got to find the right one. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, I know you also you write some, so uh, you want to plug your plug your your, your books a little bit. <laughs> I, I do. So in my in my spare time, which is minimal, I, I write nerdy fantasy novels. Uh, that's a lot of fun. That's retrovertbooks.com. If anybody needs a uh, a quick fix for epic fantasy, retrovertbooks.com. R R E T R O V E R T books.com. Yeah, found a in current season and i don't know if you've ever felt like this steve like my previous church uh worked and 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 and didn't have any margin uh in this new church uh there's there's a lot more room for margin and so i found a hobby and that's writing nerd books and it's a lot of fun cool cool yeah that's what i'm hoping that i get a little more margin at at this current ministry to to kind of venture out a little more and and do something like that. Very cool. Oh, and if anybody wants to find my stuff, um, my youth ministry things, I've got some resources on downloadyouthministry.com. Uh, definitely have some things on there. Find that stuff. I've got a couple of ebooks, some teaching series, uh, maybe even a game or two in the future. But that's what I've got right now. Cool. Yes, definitely check out Download Youth Ministry and look up Ronald stuff. And uh, I actually had my first my first resource is now published on DYM. So oh sweet, what so is excited. it? Uh, it's a game I uh, did called Animal Shuffle. Um, Way to go! So yeah, but or not Animal Shuffle, Animal Roundup. I don't even Animal know what my Roundup. own thing's called. Yeah, it's just uh, like it's a game about like. Um, trying to guess the 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 weird names of groups of animals so like what's a group of giraffes called or what's a group of you know oh, that's awesome. called so yeah so it's the uh it's pretty fun i got some other ones in the works i just got to finish them up and so we'll have like two or three volumes eventually and yeah very cool man but ronald's got a lot more stuff on there than i do so make sure you look his stuff up <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. And thanks so much for, for joining us today on the podcast. I really appreciate you coming on. No, it's my pleasure, Steve. Thanks yeah. for asking me to do it. No problem. And uh, may God bless your ministry. Thanks, man. Well, I hope you were blessed by that interview today with Ronald Long. I know I was, and I know I, I gained a lot of insight from hearing from his experience with middle school students and just reaching out to parents and, and how to structure programming. I know you're going to want to connect with him more, so make sure you check him out on Twitter and Facebook. And if you're into sci-fi, make sure you check out his books as well. Uh, but I want to let you know also that if you want to connect with us at the Student Ministry Podcast, you want to connect with me, make sure you check me out on on Twitter at Steve Cullum. That's S-T-E-V-E-C-U-L-L-U-M. That's probably the best way to check out uh, what I'm talking about and new podcasts coming out and all that sort of thing when I'm writing on my blog and everything. Speaking of Twitter, though, the Student Ministry Podcast is now officially on Twitter, so you can follow 
at StuMinPod. So it's all abbreviated S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D. And uh, make sure you follow us on there. We'd like your input on how the podcast is going, especially if you've got someone that you're like, you know what, I want to get them on the podcast. They've got an amazing story about student ministry and what they're doing. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter, and we would love to get them on the podcast as well. Also, thanks so much to our sponsor for today's podcast, WorkCamp NE. Make sure you check out their website at WORKCAMPNE.com. And they're also on Facebook and Twitter, so make sure you check out their social media. And above all, make sure you share this with other people because that's it's the best way for us to get this, these stories out. These are amazing stories from amazing youth workers, and we want other people to hear these stories. It's why I do this podcast, honestly. I love hearing these stories, and I love sharing these stories with you. And so just a little help, share these stories with someone else that you know would enjoy it and would gain from the insight and the wisdom of these other youth workers and uh, that'd be awesome. And and be sure to leave us a positive review as well if you like what you hear. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. We'll be back next month with another interview with another awesome student ministry worker. But until then, may God bless your ministry. Mm-hmm.